Oh, it's a blast, especially when Pantheon comes on um, mm -hmm. and everyone gets on stage and like Tribecta is chugging something on, on the <laughs> stage and like Kill the Noise is yelling and hugging uh, Jason Ross. <laughs> like, just, yeah, I live for those moments. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy 2024, fam. Feels so good. We made it to another freaking year, you guys. Oh my gosh. I hope you had an amazing New Year's Eve. Good luck getting back into work. It's gonna be a doozy, but I hope you guys enjoyed some time off and got to like relax and like think about what you want to do going into 2024 and any res resolutions you have and everything but I, I like the beginning of the year because we have this like amazing energy and there's an excitement and like a fresh start so I'm super excited about it I've got a lot in store for the podcast that I'm pumped about but in today's episode you guys we are going to be talking to Ben Yi, who is the label manager of Ophelia Records which is really exciting this was actually like a very long time coming Ben and I have been talking for a couple years now and I'm super super excited to finally have him here on the podcast as you guys might expect I'm a massive Seven Lions fan so Ophelia Records being his label is something that I followed very closely pretty much from the beginning um, in 2018 so to have Ben on just to talk about the development of the label and his involvement how they've grown it what they're focusing on now uh, we also talk about like the bass music scene in general and his thoughts on that um, great advice for any upcoming artists and producers he talks about what they look for in new tracks and artists that they sign so tons of helpful tips and advice on that that I'm really excited to dive into today but before we do that, I want to shout out one of our sponsors, Loop Earplugs, which is an absolute favorite of mine. If you guys don't know, I'm going to put you on to this really quick. But uh, these are high fidelity earplugs that help protect your hearing, obviously, from long-term damage or things like tinnitus, which is the ring in your ear. So if you guys don't wear earplugs at shows or festivals, you 1000% need to. Um, I want to recommend to you the Experience Earplugs. So these are specifically made for live events. They reduce noise by 18 decibels so you're still going to get the clear sound of the set it just filters out the noise so it doesn't damage your hearing so sets sound incredible there's no muffling or anything like that and I really like that these have like a very sleek design to them they also have four interchangeable tips too so that they fit your ears perfectly so definitely find the size that works for you um, they won't fall out I've tested these I've worn these to many festivals and shows but they have just like a really cool design to them um, and they're super comfortable in your ears and I really like the sleek design so depending on the color you want I have gold I have white I have black and they have special edition colors that they do as well and it comes in this little carrying case which is really cool so you can attach it to your bag but I have a discount link if you guys want to use that down below for loop earplugs browse all the other um, additions that they have the quiet ones are fantastic as well um, those are meant more for moments like if you're sleeping at a camping festival and you want to pop them in overnight they're made of a softer material so they fit great in your ears um, and you can sleep with them I've also worn those on airplanes so those block out a lot more noise and they're specifically meant for like quiet moments for focusing studying anything like that so they have amazing earplugs for all different settings so again check them out I have I will have my link uh, down below if you guys want to save money on any of loops earplugs all right you guys with all that being said I want to dive into the episode here with Ben Yee so please Please join me in welcoming him to Rave Culture Cast. 
All right. Hey, guys, welcome back. I want to start off by saying happy 2024 because this is our first episode of the new year, which is really exciting. So um, today's guest has been a long time coming. I have Ben Yi here, who is the label manager of Ophelia Records. Um, who's been with the company now since I believe 2019. So he handles everything from growth and de development of the label, uh, marketing and promotion, planning label showcases, events, A&R, all of the above. And we have tons of questions for him today. So I'm super excited for him to be here and welcome to the podcast, Ben. Cool. Um, amazing intro. Love it. Love Yay. the hoodie as well. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Had to represent. Yeah. Listen, I would have worn some Gemintory merch as well, but we need to get on their merch. <laughs> <laughs> we can send over some after this. Hell yeah. Okay. I love, no, love them. But I, I was gonna say they've been on the podcast and I know like we've, we've been coordinating for a while. So I'm excited to have you here as our first guest of the new year. Thanks. Excited. Uh, honored to be the first guest of 2024. Sounds like a big deal. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. No, pressure, but <laughs> no, no, no pressure. A lot of firsts here though. We've never, I don't think I've had a label manager on before and I got a lot of questions like about your career and things like that and so much I want to dive into with you. But I wanted to start off since this is like we're wrapping up in December now currently, like in general, how was 2023 for you personally and professionally? <laughs> uh, what a ride. Um, it's been great. Label's been growing. Um, a lot of exciting events for us. Uh, obviously, the Journey 3 tour with Seven Lions was a big focus. Uh, coming off the album campaign from last year, we're all super stoked. Biggest shows we've done so far. Um, the usual festivals, signing new artists. Um, lots happened on the label side mm -hmm. and for Seven Lions, Jeff. Um, and for me, yeah, a lot of growth, a lot of struggles, a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. um, but we can get into that uh, in the podcast. For sure. Yeah, 2023, I feel like for a lot of people, and it's kind of like all over the board, but it seems like a big growth year. And I do know people who like went through it this year. So I'm hoping that 2024 is like, okay, maybe went through some shit last year. But this year, like we have a more stable foundation that we can kind of build upon. So I'm like putting out the good vibes for everybody that 2024 is like much, much better to people. But we survived, we made it through. And are you a big resolutions person at all? Um, I like to do the exercise. I know like you shouldn't wait till yeah. the end of the year or, I mean, you could do whatever you want, but yeah. I just like list making, I think. Um, mm. so I do do that. One thing I try to do is like make that list like a few months early so I can start, uh, ahead in advance mm -hmm. in this year and just like think of quarterly goals more so for the label and for just personal stuff. Yeah. Oh what are you, you big, are you a type A person? Uh, I like to <laughs> try to live in the middle. Okay. Uh, I like to be as moderate as possible and see things from both sides. So type okay, that's A slash B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough. I was gonna say I'm I'm fully on like the list, like super organized, like hyper organized side of things. But yeah, it doesn't like necessarily bleed into other parts of my life. But like if I didn't have like Asana boards and things like that for work <laughs> or like journals to write things down, I would like lose my mind. So. Yeah, just wanted oh, to yeah. see where you're coming at for that <laughs> side of things. We love boards and yeah, probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's going to play into your job, I'm sure, too, because you're juggling so many things here. It's crazy. And before we kind of dive into what you're currently doing, I wanted to just <clears throat> learn a little bit more about you than what I can find online and LinkedIn and things like that. But you've worked for some really cool companies in the past. And I was sort of just curious, like, 
your career path? Like when did you know you wanted to work in the music industry and was this like always the goal for you? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I started that interest when I saw Avicii in 2012 Mm. uh, into my school. Uh, First time I saw a DJ, I'm like, whoa, you know, like the standard reaction when you go Mm. to your first rave. Um, I DJed since then. Um, First as an artist, like pursued the producer route uh, for five years, I would like to say, and um, realized like some of the struggles of being an artist and that whole journey weren't really for me, but I knew that I wanted to be in touch with the community and just this environment in general. Mm -hmm. So always kept that in mind. Um, I started off at a talent agency, moved out here for film, was a film major, realized uh, I never wanted to work at a talent agency again. Fair. Uh, (laughs) Not my personality type. Um, Very, you need thick skin uh, in that realm. And yeah, much respect to people who do do that. But um, wasn't for me. Did move on to Lionsgate, um, worked in their TV sales and distribution group. Um, that was a great learning experience too. Um, one of my best like role models, Lawrence Sabo, he was my boss, showed me how to be like a salesman um, and how to use that in anything that you do in life. Um, mm-hmm. So really loved that experience. Went on to Universal Music, worked as a marketing coordinator in their catalog division. So anything over three years um, old, could be like, yeah, a 2018 album or 1975 album. Um, mm-hmm. Not the band, but that yeah. year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there that was my first official music industry job. Uh, learned like the ins and outs of what it takes to release a record start to finish. Mm-hmm. Work with different artist teams, the metadata delivery side of things, uh, pitching. Um, so that gave me, that was like my entrance into everything. And mm-hmm. once I had that experience, I was able to basically just shoot over like a cold email to Ophelia saying, I love your stuff. Uh, been the fan for X amount of years. And mm-hmm. yeah, know all this stuff would love to help out in any way. Um, they were looking for their first full-time hire at the same time that I emailed. So wow. bit of a right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they saw my passion and my experience and took a chance. And I've been there ever since. Wow. Yeah, that was great timing too because the label was started the year prior. So you were kind of there like almost from for its entirety at that point, right? Exactly. And um, up until that point, it was Seven Lines' um, two managers uh, operating mm-hmm. the label. But because of the success of like First Time and Island and <clears throat> a bunch of other tracks and the melodic bass scene really picking up steam, um, yeah, they decided it was time to continue to grow out the label from its initial uh, uh, intentions and origin. Right. That's awesome. And what were you, de- like, what kind of music were you playing when you were DJing? Oh, Seven Lions, of course. Porter, <laughs> uh, Maddion, big melodic bass guy. Honestly, okay. like Jason, Wooly, Trivecta. So this oh, was okay. a perfect In your fit. wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And it's good because like it's interesting. I like to hear where people have come from because I feel like with a lot of jobs until you kind of like land like where you've been for a couple of years, I feel like at most of your jobs, you learn what you don't want to do in some cases. You know what I mean? It's like it's good to get the experience, but you're like, okay, don't want to do that job ever again, but I I have the skill set now. So it's good that you've landed where you are now and you're able to like exercise the the parts that you wanted to. And clearly you've been there for years. I'm sure like you're, you're touching a lot of different things, but 
Um, yeah. How was it when you first started? Like, like you said, it was a very small team. The label was kind of just like gaining steam. So compared to where it is now, like what were the first years like? Yeah, first six months, uh, obviously a big learning curve. Um, yeah, coming from a marketing coordinator position and a product management position um, to running a label uh, in one of my favorite genres. I just came as a fan. Um, and yeah, I just remember like the first time I met Jeff, uh, mm -hmm. it was at ADE. This was right when like they hired me, but I was just getting to know the team. They were coming down. It was him, Emma, Courtney, and their manager, all like full black walking down the stairs of this fancy <laughs> I was shaking. I was like, oh, God, like, please don't freak out. <laughs> um, and we were just talking about, like, mindset for uh, the label, what he was looking for in a label manager, um, like, my views on how to grow this community out more. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, just honestly, like, as a fan, pulling as much information I could online uh, from friends about their thoughts on where the scene was going, like, how to work with different artists and management managers and people in the industry just to sh like learn anything on the job. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know what a label manager was before this position. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I just had to kind of go through it um, yep. and learn by example, make a lot of mistakes. Uh, hopefully the mistakes I make now aren't as big as the ones yeah. I've made before, <laughs> but we'll continue to fall and stumble. Uh, for as long as I live but yeah such such is life more more eyeballs on you now <laughs> but it's it's you have the experience now to like back yourself up and the relationships too which is really really good but that's so funny that I feel like they're the I haven't met Jeff before but they're like the nicest people and the one big thing you've mentioned community a couple times like me being in it myself there's just something about the Ophelia not only just the artists that you guys have signed but the community itself that is just so hardcore. And I feel like once you're in it, you're kind of in it for life. <laughs> like how, how did you develop it? Cause I'm obviously there were fans of Jeff, but now like there's just so many artists I associate with Ophelia now. And was that a goal to create such a close com community or how did you guys like cultivate that? Yeah, it was one of the first things that Jeff brought up in that meeting. Um, he wanted somebody to really champion, like wave the flag for, Ophelia and Codex, which is like the fan base and mm -hmm. Jeff's fans and all the fans of the artists, someone also to um, feel like to have the artists feel super comfortable with, like they can hit up about anything. And it, it does really reflect mostly on Jeff, I would like to say, just like his ethos as an artist, um, letting the music speak for itself, being a great human being and just mm -hmm. like merging, like fan bases of completely separate genres, you know, trance and dubstep mm -hmm. to, to come together in this beautiful space. Like fans of his are some of the most like open-minded, like genre accepting people that I've met in the scene. And it makes my job so much easier to just like mm -hmm. be able to work with people who are down to check out new artists or check out drum and bass or even some techno. Um, right. So yeah, on, on my end, it's just like growing out the socials, growing out the brand, um, giving people opportunities to connect over Discord or a radio show or live streams during COVID. Um, and yeah, I've got a great team of people uh, to help like um, provide expertise on all the different areas. And mm -hmm. we are partner labels with Anjuna. 
Um, so Anjuna Beats, Anjuna Deep, this never happened, um, and a few others. And they're honestly one of our biggest inspirations, both mine mm -hmm. and Jeff's. Um, you can't like talk about EDM community without mentioning Anjuna or Anjuna yep. Fan, I think. Oh yeah, they're so hardcore. No, and I I love the intersection of the genres because I want to say like even thinking back to some of the like I think the first time I saw Jeff was in at EDC Vegas 2016 I want to say or it was EDC New York I forget which one was first might have been New York but one of the things that blew me away was how like seamlessly he blended the genres because I was still kind of new so hearing like the melodic bass and dubstep but then the side trance drops like my mind was completely blown by everything <laughs> and he made it sound so good so I was yeah. like, you guys need to see this guy live. Like it's gonna just it's gonna make you like the other genres that you maybe didn't even think you liked. And so I love that the label has a little bit of everything on it. But how how do you approach that when you're finding new artists? Is it like trying to find an even balance of them or is it just like whoever speaks to you? Yeah. So this speaks to your question about how things have changed from the beginning to mm -hmm. now, I guess. Um back in twenty nineteen, um yeah, we were riding off the highs of of these massive classics and um, mm -hmm. melodic bass, and then COVID hits like four months after I joined, and Jeez. everything changes. Nothing was the same, <laughs> um, especially in like genre popularity too. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, big theory that I have and other people share is that house started to become more dominant because of its easy listening, diverse like nature in right. like at home or just like during lockdown. So you see the popularization of different genres. Um, uh, I think early on, it started as a place for Jeff to release a lot of his music and a lot of his close friends. There's, um, yeah, Midas, Jason, Trivecta, <laughs> Wooly, and um, create more of a space for like a dedicated label for this more emerging sound. Mm -hmm. um, Fast forward to now where uh, cross-pollination between genres is so strong. You see John Summit going back to back with Subtronics and yeah. like Fred again throwing rhythm down on main stage Coachella. <laughs> so um, I think genre matters less uh, as like this is me putting on my A&R hat now mm -hmm. and just really finding um, artists who have a solid vision in their sound, their aesthetic, like who they are as people, how to express that um, versus um, trying to mold into kind of like what people may think we're looking for. Right. Um, yeah. And just trying to follow your authentic self, which is very mm -hmm. difficult, uh, especially as an uh, upcoming artist. But yeah, right. I think that's what we're trying to prioritize these days. Yeah. And how do you, when you have new projects pop up too. Like I know I'm jumping all over the place, but when like Abraxas popped up and that's like a side like alias that's going to start happening, that's like more in the side trans like realm of things. What is your like thoughts when you first hear that that like, I don't know when that was conceptualized or when you like first <laughs> heard that that was going to be a thing, but like, what are your thoughts when like that gets introduced into the equation here? Oh, it's just like, um, <laughs> How, yeah, how do we make this as amazing as possible? Because it's already such an amazing concept and mm -hmm. straight from the heart of Jeff and Phil and Locke, uh, who make up Demibo as the mm -hmm. other two members. Um, they came together as like a fully fleshed out concept with uh, white lab coats and the mythos mm -hmm. behind it, similar to what Jeff has with the mythos of Seven Lions. Um, 
Yeah, I'm waiting for the next Abraxas set, the an Abraxas <laughs> P, like anything Abraxas related. Uh, we would love that when they debuted at Dream State um, 2021 <clears throat> or so mm -hmm. to close it out. Um, yeah, that was just you could feel the excitement and energy in that room. Um, yep. And we love side projects. It gives artists like a nice space for them to really have fun into maybe something that they might just like recently be super excited about. Um, right. So that feels really strong. Um, yeah. And with like, with the genre, like trends changing, like you mentioned house music, which I'm definitely a big fan of, but I, I kind of like a little bit of everything. But when you see like kind of these trends changing a little bit, like, okay, maybe this past year, like techno is popping off. And even like a lot of people are trying to go for this like tale of us anima sound right now. Like, does that have any effect on you guys? Or again, are you just really trying to find like interesting artists at the end of the day? Yeah. It's tough. You don't want to trend chase too much, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can't be like ignorant of what is connecting with uh, most people. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is like uh, impacting um, just like the way some of our artists are thinking about releases these days. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely for, for us to, um, you know, like it'd be great to put out a bunch of big room records right now, but mm -hmm. to see like uh, how that connects with audiences and maybe even like streaming services, um, one has to be mindful of that. Like for big room artists, they're putting out like more big room trance or like main stage techno sounds to keep modernizing it mm -hmm. um, and to kind of ride a wave while still being true to themselves. So yeah, we are looking more at like four on the floor releases these days, kind of like uh, melodic house or mid tempo or mm -hmm. uh, this isn't four on the floor, but like drum and bass and uh, trap and bass music. So we are branching out a bit um, sound wise, but we hope to retain like this Ophelia ethos. It's kind of like if Jeff gives like the sign off, really thinks it's awesome mm -hmm. and supports it in his sets and the other Ophelia artists do, you'll see kind of like an Ophelia-ness form mm -hmm. around um, the signing or the, the new artist. And they'll all support each other, do remixes or collabs or um, yeah, open for each other on tour. So that's right. what we're trying to cultivate. Awesome. I, I also like how you guys, I feel like sometimes with your job, it's also like giving people what they don't even know that they need. Because no, even with like yeah. <laughs> with Seven Lions' new album, like when I first listened to it like fully through, I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be in there or maybe this. And then I've like listened to it so many times through and have so many favorite songs from that. But it gave me something different than I was expecting. And then I like came to love it even more because I was like, oh, I didn't even know this is what I needed out of him. Even when like the album drops with like acoustics or the um, – I'm going to blank right now. But when you did like the – orchestral kind of like album which like i was able to play songs at my wedding from that because it was oh, different versions that. of them <laughs> yeah yes. my best friend's yes. wedding song was first time actually but like it's amazing to get these other things too that that are kind of like unexpected so i feel like in a way just like the way you guys are curating not playing into trends but also like you have to think ahead like what people don't even know that they need yet in a way exactly that's the job of a great dj i think as well like give people what they're familiar with to connect uh, with each other and sing their hearts out, but also mm -hmm. show them something different. Um, maybe introduce them to a new genre and 
yeah like um yeah be forward uh in mm -hmm. like shifting culture towards somewhere that um you really believe in so mm -hmm. that's what we try to do too and how are you how are you personally discovering new artists like do you have a favorite platform you like to use or i'm sure you're getting a million emails a day but <laughs> yeah my ears are broken at this yeah. point but, um emails uh for sure and then spotify um i think just like the radio like if i really am digging a song then i'll just create a radio station from it try to like, mm. really go through that the playlist landscape of course um they drive like a majority of streams um so we do have to or it's good to just like go through um also when lineups come out i love just checking out all the names that i've never heard of before and just like same same here right right eforce mm -hmm. just dropped was doing that um for that one but yeah looking for the the undiscovered talents or less less discovered ones at the moment and just really trying to get ahead of the curve um so yeah a lot of mixes too if i uh am really digging an artist i'll look up a thousand one track lists, go on there and mm. then like look for those IDs or the, the really nasty parts where mm -hmm. I just need to know who that person is and then go down this rabbit hole. Oh, I love, um, yeah. And when you're on SoundCloud and you're, I was, I think it was one of Dom Dalla's like mixes, I forget which one. And there was just like a filthy drop and I was like, immediately <laughs> look at that section and find out who, what the ID is. Yeah. And it was like such a random track that came out like a year or two ago. It wasn't even like a new thing. And I was like, I didn't even know I needed this, but it was amazing. Um, I do want to ask you too, just like, again, about like the family that has been created with Ophelia between your artists, because it's really cool to see the tours that you do and then collaborations where there's 12 of them on a track or something crazy like that. Like it just, you can tell that they're genuine friends that are being formed through. And I know a lot of that was before, but also probably, you know, after signing people. So what's it like being on the other side of that and like seeing the artists like interact with each other? Oh, it's a blast, especially when Pantheon comes on um, mm -hmm. and everyone gets on stage and like Tribecta is chugging something on, on the <laughs> stage and like Kill the Noise is yelling and hugging uh, Jason Ross. Like, just, yeah, I live for those moments and um, it's just like surreal to see everyone come together and um, just like bring people um, like that on stage and on the music side or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think uh, the label started as kind of like a home for Jeff and his friends and Mm -hmm. um, it is hard to find uh, maybe on the business industry side, like a home of people who you really connect with that doesn't feel more forced for maybe networking or work related mm -hmm. purposes. Um, it is a tricky thing to navigate, but like everybody uh, kind of leaned on each other during the pandemic. And mm -hmm. there was a group chat that was formed and just asking for advice um, during hard times. And yeah. Um, you, you see it like you see that this is more than just like uh, like a work thing. It's a life thing. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, some of these relationships were, um, yeah, we're meant to be, it's, it seems like. So uh, just grateful to be a part of everything. That's awesome. Yeah. And even with the tours, like I, I was talking to Emma at the, the Brooklyn Mirage show. Um, and she was just talking about how close the staff got with the, with this last tour and production, like everybody involved. Were were you on all of the dates? Like, are you going on the tour bus and things like that? Or do you get to go to uh, select no. shows? <laughs> I would love to. I, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a dream to do like a full tour. Um, yeah. I can't remember how many dates that was, but right. <laughs> too many, I think, for my introverted uh, 
at times <laughs> self. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. need like a balance. You're like, I still, I need to get sleep and <laughs> be able to do my job on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got man. emails in the morning. <laughs> How do you pick with – because I love when I see like an Ophelia takeover at a festival. Is Like how selective are you guys with that? Like does it depend on if it's like the right type of festival for the label? Um, do you pitch that to festivals or do they come to you? Like how does that process work? Yeah. So our agents for Seven Lions, Matt Rod and uh, Lindsay uh, Roblesi, they, they handle a lot of those conversations. Um, and usually it will be interest in – um, seven lions or like a package deal and they'll negotiate back and forth on what makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, we did do, I think one year, like, uh, the most stage takeover, it was, it was some crazy number that mm. in the summer, like every few weeks that did happen. Um, and yeah, there are times in which like Jeff wants to focus on his own tours mm -hmm. or just like, yeah, play a bunch of big marquee festivals. Um, so it all depends, depends on the routing from like all the other artists who's available. Right. Um, but it's always exciting to kind of see that get filled out and see who gets added to, um, the Ophelia stage. Sometimes it's new people who we haven't, um, really worked with as much and mm -hmm. yeah, want to work with more on. Um, but yeah, those, those moments always seem like the biggest party because uh it's just good friends um mm -hmm. having a good time um and yeah you'll see them like jump on on stage for each other's songs and those pantheon moments which are yes. always fun. <laughs> oh, i'm so excited because a lot of them are going on groove cruise so i know like yeah. emma and courtney will be there trifecta might i'm doing midas's like bar crawl that he has like that's his artist activity so i was like oh i'll get to like meet everybody and like just see them all hanging out with each other too. So it's cool. Like when you see like a bunch of the artists, like on, on a lineup together, cause then you get to, to see the, you know, see them all, all play throughout the weekend. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to seeing them on the Groove Cruise, but do you have a favorite, it could be a tour or a venue or like favorite live event from the past, like Ophelia showcases or a seven lion mm -hmm. show. Yeah, I would say Chronicles, uh, Seven Lines is a uh, festival that he hosts, I think was my favorite, the, the rendition at the Gorge. Um, this mm. was the third edition of the festival and the Gorge is just, uh, yeah, undefeated in my eyes and mm. personal venues in the US. Um, yeah, Destination Festival of Sorts and just like seeing Abraxas kill their set, like, um, yeah, like Halion and Atlas come out for Rush Over Me for like a finale for Jeff's set. As you see like the sun setting in the canyon. Like it was. Yeah, you can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's incredible. And then also Red Rocks. Whenever we do Red Rocks, like that's another amazing venue to witness any live artist or musician. Mm -hmm. Ugh, I, mean, so. I bought tickets for September. It's my first Red Rocks experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So are you going to be there? I'll be there. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll come say hi. I know because I was like, I know one day, like Red Rocks has just been at the top of the bucket list and I, things just came up. And then I was like, then I was pregnant this past year. So I was like, okay, we need to find the right thing. And, and me and my best friend, like we were always like, it's either going to be above and beyond or it's going to be Seven Lions. And then the show was announced. And we were like, good fuck choices. it. We're, we're buying tickets. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for that show. And you mentioned Chronicles too. I'm like, that completely slipped my mind, but I was going to say like thinking forward. So thinking into 2024 now and like leveling up the shows, leveling up the label, like what, 
what are things that you want to accomplish next or like where can you push push the label or live events next yeah i think it's to continue waving the label flag because um a lot of people in the wider dance community know seven lions and like a bunch of our artists but maybe some of them might not be as familiar with uh the ophelia brand as much Mm -hmm. um despite the fact that we have done a bunch of showcases and we're doing like co-branded tours um yeah i think continuing to shout out the ophelia initiatives that we're working on Mm -hmm. um which we can't announce yet but we have some interesting things in the works for 2024 um look out for march specifically um but yeah continuing to grow the label presence grow out the label team uh work on signing a bunch more um exciting new artists seeing how the sound develops um I, i would liken the current state of affairs to be in kind of like a rediscovery phase um, or also like a growth phase uh, because of the changing uh, like sonic landscape of the times. Mm -hmm. So we're only five years old um, from this year. So still a baby uh, in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like this, the shift into house and techno and and other genres really like puts a mirror to us and uh, asks us like, how are you going to change with the times with TikTok, and mm-hmm. new forms of social media and marketing. Um, and we don't want to uh, lose ourselves in that process um, and kind of like understand where things are going while, yeah, keeping uh, our core identity. That's awesome. No, I'm so excited to see it because I know like with different album releases and like there was a huge tour, a part of 2023. And like you said, like sometimes it's deciding what to focus on. So maybe it's if this was a huge tour year, like maybe like you said, next year's like festival takeovers or something like that. But uh, would you guys ever explore something along the lines of like what Excision and Elenium are doing with like Ember Shores, where they're doing like these all inclusive takeovers? <laughs> um, festivals are a lot to handle. Um, Fair. So yes. <laughs> it's army to raise a village, I think. Um, but yeah, I think Chronicles is kind of uh, our version of that, uh, yeah. like a two-day getaway where um, we can kind of host like our own stages um, and put together interesting like installations uh, for fans. And yeah, there should be more news to come on the next one, um, which will be bigger, better, more improved. Um, Amazing. So keep your eyes out. Where can people connect with you? Because you mentioned the Discord. So can you talk a little bit about that community if people aren't aware of what's going on over there? Oh, yeah. Um, For our Ophelia Records Discord, it's uh, the biggest melodic bass fans that you can imagine. Like, uh, there's a lore kind of meta going on about, like, who can predict what's coming out at what time. Um, Ah. And these people are straight up, like, CIA employees (laughs) or, like private investigators at times. I don't yeah. know how they get this. Uh, I think it's just like their fandom, them following the artists so passionately. But yeah, uh, you'll see conversations about like the state of dance music, melodic music, album conversations, not just Ophelia related, but um, everything that's happening, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think uh, Codex is another one. Codex Leonis, it's our Facebook group that's been um, around for a long time, still kicking, highly mm-hmm. engaged. Um, they'll do meetups uh, at like Red Rocks or 
some takeovers. So if you're looking to go to shows and you don't really know too many people who share the same music interests, you can always find um, people on on there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was buying a new pillow at this mattress store last week, <laughs> and he was he was a part of it. Uh, so yeah, we connected. That's so uh, funny. Over seven lions. Um, I'm sending him some merch like today. That's um, awesome. And yeah, this com community runs strong. If you just see like the decal, like the sticker on uh, the back of a car, mm -hmm. like or seven lions, you can immediately create some kinship there. And I'm sure you've you can see that. Like if you see a totem of, of somebody, it's there's like this unspoken bond, right? Yeah. Anytime, anytime I see anyone with seven lions totem, the amount of candy. I've gotten sub 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 subscribers with like seven lions on it or like his emblem, like anything like they know, they know what's up. But yeah, I've been a part of the Facebook group you know. for like years and it's incredible. And I, yeah, I would encourage people as well to go to the meetups because I always say like if you're a solo raver or you're just looking to meet people like online is a great place to start. But there are so many opportunities to like see people like, you know, if you have a local show coming up and you have no one to go with, like pop onto the Discord or the Facebook group and see who's in your local area that you could go with. It's, it's an awesome way to, to connect with people. Um, okay. I would love to dive into our listener questions here at the end. Just like Ooh. pop these off because people were excited. Okay. So let's see. Um, there were some questions about like social media, which we haven't got, gotten into yet. But the first one says, is it true that labels don't sign anyone with under a certain number of social media followers? So does social media following play in a factor at all? Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear where that person heard that from. Um, yeah. Because I can only speak for Ophelia, of course. But um, number one, music, I think, like, it can be one follower. It could be 10,000. Uh, if the music is not, like, yeah, really challenging uh, conventions, adding something new to the story or really like well detailed thought out mixed and mastered vocals are are solid like i i don't think that that would be the first port of authority um mm -hmm. for us and then everything else is secondary like if we really believe in the artist like we'll find a way to make it work even if they don't have the biggest following um that being said maybe if we're more on the fence um for a song then we'll take into consideration other factors so like yeah, what is their, how do they connect with fans? How do they talk and engage with people online? Mm -hmm. How do they represent themselves as artists um, in their branding? Have they given like all the other things as much thought as their music? Because right. um, obviously it's like the music business. Uh, you do want to see somebody who, um, yeah, has thought a lot about the, these other aspects and invested right. um, a lot of themselves into their projects so not necessarily like the social things matter as much but just like mm -hmm. out of attention and work that's gone into multiple aspects of an artist project that's a great way to think about it yeah i and i also think about people too who may like maybe they did put a lot of like time and attention into like growing their following like on tiktok or like i think of like zingara like comes to mind who like absolutely like blew up on tiktok and then was booked everywhere kind of after that and is on like some of these amazing tours. So I feel like in a way too, if you can see somebody whose music is incredible, but they also just found a really creative way to leverage social media. It's like a win-win at the end of the day. Yeah. There's so many routes to like uh, achieving your goals in the music industry, which is the fun part of it, right? Like how, mm -hmm. 
where do you want to spend the most uh, attention on? And like, it's also about growing community, right? Like you can make the craziest bangers, like craziest sound design mm-hmm. that you want. But if you're not like engaging with people and like these people are the ones who are buying tickets to your shows, who are supporting you, buying merch, like creating a career for you, then how do you uh, expect to like have really uh, like longevity in this project? Mm-hmm. Um, some people can go the sound design direction and maybe like create sample packs or create music for other uh, artists. And there are like so many ways. It doesn't just have to be the headline artist like uh, route that seems to be like the the shiny like gold object mm-hmm. that people reach for. But yeah, the music industry is vast and um, there's a lot of ways to tackle one uh, challenge. So yeah, I think people sure. should keep that in mind as well. For sure. I always feel like, and I, I know like I'm not an artist, so I can't speak to them and everybody's personality is different, but I'm always like team social media because I feel like you can just show up as yourself. Like don't even, I, I get if like you're being forced to do something that would take like the fun <laughs> and creativity out of it. And I can like imagine that being so fucking frustrating, but I love the artists who are just like themselves, like whatever platform they show up on, like they're just posting as themselves doesn't need to be anything crazy, but they're like showing up, interacting with their fans. Like I appreciate that as a fan. So I feel for artists when I I see them like complain or get upset that they're like getting encouraged to use social media. But then the other part of me is like, but it's not that hard. Like you (laughs) you could literally just like be yourself online and show like your personality. But I'm also like kind of introverted and extroverted. So I'm like, if you're really fucking introverted and you just want to make your music and like go away, then I I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I like you get hard. You get what you put into it as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to explode your following um and reach the masses then you do have to put yourself out there a bit um but i understand that it might not be the most natural for a lot of people but Mm -hmm. yeah really dig into what works for you it doesn't have to be like this crazy like uh really cool photo shoot of you looking Mm -hmm. like hard as hell but yeah (laughs) it it can be you with a cup of coffee it could be like some like photos that you took just like on a hike um whatever like you're Mm -hmm. interested in i think fans really want to lean into that more and you're seeing like some of the artists who leverage that like really um take off with like success like fred again for example um just Mm -hmm. those like raw clips of everyday life where um it's not the most polished but it's what's real and what's real to him amen yeah Okay, what specifically style, branding, personality do you look for when adding a new artist to the label? I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but if somebody was like interested in working with you guys right now, what would what would stand out to you? Mm, yeah, again, just a very clearly defined um, vision for how they want to express themselves online, um, at shows, uh, through their music, a sonic like signature. Uh, it does take a while to get there. Like you're going to naturally want to sound like your heroes, but at a certain Mm -hmm. point you're going to have to, uh, break away, like fly away from the nest. And (laughs) I I think that's one reason why, um, it's great to get like a range of influences. So looking outside of your subgenre or even like the genre of EDM to, to see like what really kind of what attributes you to like this unique 
blend of influences, which we all are.、Mm-hmm. So, like Jeff, for example, loves metal, and like he listens to a lot of that outside of、um, just like working on music. So, Sam loves folk music, and you can see、um, Trivecta just like creating his own path within the melodic bass community, and that really、mm-hmm. resonating with people because it's fresh, it's different,、um, and yeah, I think a lot of times we look at other. People、uh, who are successful in dance music or in general, we try to like model、um, our pathway、yeah. that way. But it's already been done、mm-hmm. before, and it it hurts to hear. But、um, yeah, finding your unique you and seeing if you blend with like the values that、um, Seven Lions and Ophelia and our fan base like espouse,、um, I think、mm-hmm. have a pretty good chance.、Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Perfect. Okay. Thoughts on the state of bass music right now? That's like a loaded question. <laughs> Hot topic.、Um, yeah, yeah. I think the Johnstronics is that how you say it?、Uh, Subjonics. Subjonics. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, I I love seeing that. I love seeing like how many genres people are throwing into their sets these days. Like,、mm-hmm. um, maybe the younger generation cares less about. Um, naming conventions, it seems.、Um, so that's really cool to see.、Um, at the same time, you've got like house and techno, like dominating EDM radio and like streaming service playlists a lot of the times.、Um, but then you have Elenium, Slander, Jeff、uh, like mm-hmm. playing the biggest shows that they've ever played.、Um, so it's it's an interesting time. Like you're you're seeing the. Growth and like success of a bunch of different genres.、Um, things、mm-hmm. are like more fragmented, of course. But you've got people like ISO now too, like breathing life back into、um, like、uh, old school trap with like a new school sound. And、um, I'm just excited to see like all the new subgenres that are gonna be coming up in the next few years. Um, yeah, because these producers are so insanely talented. Like they'll just find like. A random TikToker who creates the most highly edited, like one-minute video off of like a like a frying pan sample, and <laughs> all these people are going to become like yeah、uh, live performers soon, and we're just going to get like this huge influx of talented new、uh, like thinking、um, creatives. So yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. I can only take guesses.、Um, yeah, but. Yeah, it's an exciting time. I think. What do you think? You know, you know who stood out to me this past year, and I know like, and he's has one of the strongest communities I've literally ever seen is Grizz. Like his like fandom is so hardcore, and they're such a beautiful community as well. But I'll just never forget his Okeechobee intro was like one of his TikToks. Where he like burned some chili and he like <laughs> remixed it and it was the most mind melting drop to the、oh, intro of his set that was fucking insanity. I'll have to send it to you. To and oh my god, it was so good and it just made me laugh because I was like, this is like why people are obsessed. Like it's his <clears throat> personality. He's blending in like his social media. He's playing the saxophone live. It's so colorful. The production's incredible. Like that to me was one of the best shows I've seen. And I just think like people's Standards are like higher for music and production as well, but it's like you said, finding your unique sound. Like it's just no one else is doing things like that. So he he stood out to me in like the bass scene this well,、uh, 
basing as well this year. And I think like Alley Cat right now, I know a lot of people are talking about Alley Cat. She's like been popping off Recno this year. Um, I know there's a lot of like interesting acts right now, but I do agree with you where I think like the slanders of the world, Seven Lions, like those names and the people who have a love and passion for melodic bass, I don't think that goes anywhere. I think maybe you just get introduced to other genres and kind of get to enjoy a little bit of everything. But I feel like the people who are into the genre are like here to stay. Like they're very into the genre, like you said. So yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, okay. Last couple of questions. How has, how have apps like TikTok affected the label and your artist's approach to music? Um, thankfully, I feel like the artists that we work with a lot, they haven't really factored that in too much into the music making process. Um, you can, yeah, uh, I'm sure you could probably like game the algorithm a little bit if you wanted to, but even that might mm -hmm. be tough. I think, uh, like an authentic approach to what really excites the artist first and foremost leads to generally some of the better results. Um, in terms of like something that the artists do feel super excited to put out. Um, and that's not to say that like ones with TikTok in mind aren't ones um, that they would love to play out, but a focus on like the songwriting, a focus on the production, and hopefully like great results will come from that on TikTok mm -hmm. and socials. Um, I would just hate to see like an artist really um kind of yeah compromise their vision uh, for like the latest trending platform um mm -hmm. one thing i do see a lot of artists do is like uh make their art and then like utilize the platform in interesting ways to promote that art so they do right. they have the, their creative process and then, like they're able to also utilize technology to reach new fans in cool mm -hmm. ways like the alley cats like um of the world and yeah i think they're also really talented people who make songs specifically for tiktok like funk the entire genre off there just like right. massive streaming numbers who would have seen that coming um right but yeah i think like wave music too uh has a place in there and um a lot of cool subgenres that uh could honestly like kickstart an artist's career um, mm -hmm. really depends on what you want. It's like a choose your own adventure, um, RPG. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And it's like, it's one of these weird things where I'm, I wonder how like the artist like thinks about it too, because like somebody who pops into my mind is like disco lines when he did like the techno and tequila, like that sound was fucking everywhere on TikTok mm -hmm. or like what happened with the Dom Dalla and MK, like rhyme dust. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before where they just like teased a super short clip in the fall of last year. And it blew up to the point where like they literally had to like finish it and release it early, <laughs> earlier than they were planning to because the internet like exploded and they they wanted the track so bad. So I think of that where I'm like, it has the ability, the platform has the ability to absolutely like skyrocket a track or an artist that could take them to these like insane levels quickly yeah. if that's like lucky enough to happen to you. But then on the flip side, it's like you could get known as like a TikTok artist too, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but people might just like, they may not even know who you are, but they'll know who like your song is. <laughs> exactly. If you're able to pivot off that and like turn that into a selling mm -hmm. point with like promoters and people to sign off on collabs, then that'd be huge. Right. Um, and it, I think it does work for um, certain artists more so than others. Like 
Summit is a mastermind at uh, leveraging mm-hmm. socials and teasing out things and creating like so much hype, letting the audience speak. Like, should I finish this idea? I love seeing those when artists mm-hmm. kind of throw out ideas and then the internet speaks. Um, yep. That creates more fuel to the flame for a lot of tracks. And um, yeah. that a lot with like, yeah, like guitarists, songwriters, like um, people who just like one video could change their life. And um, if they hadn't put in that time, recorded that one video, maybe they would still be um, just seeing the same results. So yeah, very, very true. Okay, last couple questions here before I let you go. So this I just had to include this because I thought it was funny. Someone said, are you hiring? And where can I send my resume? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that. Um, Depending on when this episode airs, uh, we may be so yeah, if you have marketing, social media, or music management experience, just send a resume to ben at ophelia-records.com. Um, yeah. Flood the email, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even if, if you're qualified and you have experience, please. <laughs> we love experience. Um, we are, yeah, I'm not sure if we'll be hiring at that moment, but would love to chat still regardless. Beautiful. And then do you, I don't know if you know this number, how many submissions do you get in a week? Um, just straight cold demo submissions. I want to say like 50 to a hundred. Um, so yeah, we tend, we, if we, if you don't hear back, uh, in a while or yeah. <laughs> in general, please forgive us. Uh, we do listen to every demo that comes our way though. Um, and if it's the right demo, if it's the right time, you will hear back from us. We will find a way to reach you if that's on email or igdm Mm. um just understand that if you don't get a response um it's not because you're not making great music but um yeah maybe our a and r isn't aligned or there might be something in the production process to work on whether that's Mm -hmm. mixing or vocals or adding your own signature sound in there so don't give up um can feel like a black hole but yeah yeah part of the process (laughs) Fair enough. Yep. Uh, and is A&R a group thing or does it fall on one person's lap? So uh, I'd say both somehow. Um, yeah. <laughs> for, for A&R, um, I do uh, listen to uh, Lion's share of most of the music that comes into uh, Ophelia. <clears throat> but um, yeah, we've got a team of people who sign off on the process and send over tracks to me, send over certain artists to me. Um, so yeah, once, uh, you know, it, it, it is a group thing. We'll all like come together over email or, or over text and just discuss, um, what we're looking to sign that period. Um, yeah, uh, there's still, uh, I would like to still leave some mystery behind the process to not reveal all Perfect. our secrets, but yeah, <laughs> that's totally fair. All right. And my last question for you, this, this is just something I thought of, but for you just like personally, because I'm sure you can get like fatigued by the amount of music you're listening to and things like that. And even just like, you know, being focused on your label, but like even next year, are there festivals like you like to go do for fun just to like get inspired or see new acts or like get inspired by the art or the venue or anything? Like, is there anything you're just doing for fun to, yeah, get, get creative. Got to keep that flame alive. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my favorites was lightning in a bottle and I, Ah, yes, I'm very sad because it's always near EDC week 
And that's just like mm-hmm. the Super Bowl of EDM in the States, it seems like. So it's tough to juggle two festivals back to back. Um, but I would really love to go there this year. Um, yeah, we are planning like a Tomorrowland trip for the first time. And, nice. you know, that's the ultimate Mecca, I feel, for, for any raver. You've never, have you ever been? First time. So, oh, nice. Okay, awesome. Really stoked. You might have a guide on how to survive it. I'm not sure. I, I've had two episodes. I've had friends on who have done Tomorrowland. I haven't done it either, but yeah, I have friends going next year. Yeah, it's not too late. Pre sale registration just opens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me with a good time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Oh, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, Lightning in a Bottle, I've heard amazing things about too. So, that's that's another one that's on the list. But this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer these questions. And I'm so excited to see what you guys do do next year. And it's just awesome to see the growth. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited for all these secrets that you're holding here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do for the community too. You know, like it must Thank have, you. this community must not come overnight. And like, I can tell you're just like a true fan, just like bursting at the seams to share yeah. all of your experience <laughs> and like, I don't know, keep the culture alive. So yeah, just uh, love being on the podcast and thank you again. Thank you. Yeah. And then I'll plug where everybody can connect, Ophelia. And then Ben, what's your personal Instagram or where can people connect with you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is it's Ben Yi, and that's Y-I-I. Um, mostly just on Instagram, but yeah, if you want to send a message or send over some demos, can hit ben at ophelia.records.com. Um, and yeah, say hi at a show and yeah. Uh, thanks again. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Ben. I'll link all your stuff below and I will chat with you soon. Cool. Thank you. Perfect. Bye, guys. See ya. 